0: Welcome to the Kickin' Life Podcast. Your host, yours truly, Kickin' Life Guru Master Rich Grogan. Hey, as Rocky says, nothing hits harder than life. It's not about how hard you can hit, but how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. And that's how winning is done. And I want you to be a winner. I want you to be your very, very best. I want to inspire and motivate you to believe in yourself. So win, not if, but when life knocks you down. You get right back up with that confidence that I can take on more, I can do more, and I can live my best kicking life. All right, so buckle up, saddle up, here we go. Greetings, everyone. Your kicking life guru master, Rich Grogan here. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Wow. Was that intro awesome or what? We just recorded that thing, and uh, you know what? I'm inspired. I'm pumped up. I'm running around here. I'm kind of restricted with the headphones here, so I can't be throwing too many right hooks and round kicks, but... Uh, man, I, feel, I felt good. Hope you felt good about that one too. Just always looking for ways to spice things up a little bit and give you that extra kick of motivation that we all need. And I'll tell you, I would say we all because I'm looking in the mirror here. Actually, that's not true. Yeah, I am. I just looked in the TV. It's not on. So that is kind of like a mirror. And I'm inspired. You got to be inspired. Life is tough. Life will beat you down. Not a matter of if, but when. And then it's a matter of how long you stay on the deck there once it knocks you down. And I compare everything that I do with, uh, I mentioned before, played sports, uh, especially hockey, at a very high competitive level. And then, you know, being a fighter in the martial arts, fought over in Korea and pretty much all over the world. And when you get knocked down, man, it, it, well, not only does it hurt physically, but to me, I could always handle the physical pain. It's the mental pain of laying there and thinking, man, Get back up one more time. Get back up one more time. That's why when I see these Rocky movies and all these other inspirational movies, I mean, I truly take those babies to heart. Because, you know, I'm not the biggest person in the world. You know, on my tiptoes, I might, might, with my hair spiked up, reach 5'8". And that's a big mite. Um, and, well, I'm about 185 pounds now, so you can get a visual profile of what's going on here. And I've had my nose fixed a few times, so that's why it looks so good when you see those pictures. All right, am I going kind of crazy here? Well, just a little bit. But the whole point is about not being the biggest person in the world, but always having that drive, that fight, that desire to be my absolute very, very best. And that's why I'm so excited about the podcast, so excited that you're taking time out of your busy day to tune in. And that's why I do as much effort, research, and uh, Bring as much as I can to the table here, because I know your time's valuable. And last podcast, we talked about the essence of time, and I'm going to tiptoe into that again a little bit, but I'm also going to give you a little bit of background, kind of how how'd the and Life Guru come about, how things come to where they are. And our business, Grogan's Academy of Martial Arts, is celebrating our 20th year anniversary. So I'll touch a little bit on uh, how that started, how the vision became a reality, and how we're doing what we're doing right now. But back to the very beginning. Life is going to knock you down. It truly, truly is. And you've got to believe enough to know, I'm going to get back up. And, you know, fighting was always one more round, one more round, one more second, one more minute. You can do this. And the same thing. If you lay there and let life take over while you're laying down, it's going to slip on by. You're going to miss it. And it's a beautiful thing. Now, I know there's a lot of ugliness that goes on out there. That It truly, truly does. But here's the thing, and I've been reading a lot about this, and I bring it to just about every podcast. I talk about your subconscious mind, your conscious mind, your reticular activating system. And I know those words are probably foreign to some of our friends out there. Basically, what that is, your subconscious mind takes in anywhere between 40, 40 to fifty uh, excuse me million data bits of information a day. I mean that's a ton. Just boom, 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 boom. You're being bombarded with those things. Now, your conscious mind, what your conscious mind does is it. it's the one that has emotions, thoughts, but it controls the subconscious mind. And what I mean by that is your conscious mind is whatever you're going to focus on magnifies. So if you focus on negativity and everything that's wrong with the world, everything that's going on when the media blasts you with all this ugliness, well, your conscious mind picks that up and it tells the subconscious mind, look of those 40 billion bits of data information that are coming in, I want you to focus on the negative. So it pretty much blocks out everything else that's not negative because that's what the conscious mind is looking for. Now, I know it sounds insane, but I've done a ton of research and study on this, and the more I do, the more I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome. And this is stuff I wish I knew, I wish I knew, well, definitely when I was a kid or a teenager, in my 20s, 30s, even 10 years ago, would have been great. But this is information I picked up, started hanging around with different people, uh, motivated, inspired people, goal-oriented people, people that were successful but weren't content just being successful, wanting to do even more. And here's the the kicker on that: everybody thinks you well, you gotta take care of number one, you gotta fend for yourself, you've got to do this and that, and uh, the world's all bad if you don't take care of you. Then who's gonna do it? And all of us has got a little bit of that ingrained, especially with society telling us that's the way we should be. But here's the thing: I found out with this new group of uh, resources and influences that I'm surrounding myself with. These people are all about yeah, you got to take care of yourself as far as the physical, mental, and emotional side. Because if you're no good, you're no good to anybody else. That means eat properly, exercise regularly, you know, condition yourself instead of watching crap on TV. Listen to motivational books and audio books, read books, podcasts, things. That you're going to focus on, because what you focus on magnifies. So your conscious mind, if you're constantly feeding in positive, then it's going to tell the subconscious, focus on the positive, and only let those data bits of information come in. Well, unfortunately, the news media, they thrive on sensationalism. They thrive on the ugly stuff. So if that's what you feed your mind, is all the ugly stuff, and that's who you surround yourself with, people that are having one of those days, another one of those days, and you're bombarded with all that negativity, well, that's what you're focusing on. So the conscious mind going to do what it does. It's going to relay the message to the subconscious mind. It's going to say, hey, only let in negative because that's all I want to focus on. That's all I want. Now, of course, me saying that and you hearing is like, that is the most absolute ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It is. And you know what's more ridiculous? And I'm plenty guilty of this. That's why I'm telling you about it. What's more ridiculous, that's the life I lived for, for too long. Now I was always upbeat, positive, and motivated, but I knew I could do more. I just didn't know how now start reading about the mind I get it it's what you focus on magnifies so if you focus on everything that's wrong guess what you're gonna have even more things wrong if you're having one of those days guess what tomorrow is gonna be one of those days and that's that's just how the mind works so now you've got the knowledge and I tell you this was life-changing to me that's why I'm sharing it with you because yeah, I've reached a level of success, but that's not enough. I want to do more. And what I mean by doing more, I want to inspire and motivate as many people as I can to believe in themselves. There is nothing more satisfying than someone coming up and simply saying, thank you. Thank you very much. And for, for for what? Well, what you said, what you did to motivate me, how you helped me. And let me give you an example. Everybody loves stories, so all kinds of examples. Today, this morning, was at uh, the Edwardsville Health Fair, and they do this every year for the Edwardsville School District, for fourth graders. They get to come to one of the elementary buildings, and they go through, and there's about, uh, I don't know, 25, 30 tables and booths set up that the police department's there to go over uh, the dangers of marijuana and cigarette and tobacco and alcohol, which is great because, you know, right now these fourth graders, we want to mold their minds to let them know the dangers that are out there. The fire department's there to go over how to call 911, emergency response, and then you've got uh, uh, some dental clinics there, some orthodontic clinics there, uh, Southern Illinois University of Edwardsville, SIUE, they're there with um, all their different programs: education, nursing, pharmacy, and who else? Um, uh, la la la! Oh, it's, of course, some doctors and chiropractors are there. So it's all—it's a great thing that the Edwardsville School District does to have the community come in, small business owners, and college uh, students from different uh, programs, and help pretty much pass out flyers and talk to these kids, these fourth graders, about you know, education, about health, about becoming and living their best life, which obviously ties into everything I try and do, live your best kick in life, live your best possible life. Well, anyway, I had a teacher come up to me today, and she came up and gave me a big old hug, which, yeah, I'm a hugger, I like that, and she goes, I just want to say thank you Thank you very much for what you're doing. And I tell you, I'm just saying that today. I'm getting <laughs> pretty good goosebumps. And I said, well, you're welcome. Anything in particular? She goes, I just see that you're out there. Everything you're doing, you're here again for the, I think it's like the 12th or 13th year we've done this. And I don't want to miss a year because that's inspiring. I feel like we're, we're out there doing it. Now, in the past, I was kind of a one-man band like I was with the business and everything else. It was just me and five or 600 kids coming in in different groups. Now, I've got my oldest son, Austin, 16-year-old, total rock star. I mean, this kid. He's out there with these fourth graders and just making a special bond, special connection, and pumping them up just like he does at the academy. Now, I, I brag on him because, well, I, I've been the one to knock him down I don't know how many different times, mentally, physically, emotionally, to let him know that life's going to do that, but then inspire and motivate him to get back up, to believe in himself, to battle through. Because I never believed in playing that daddy card. Oh, your dad owns a business, or your dad's the coach, so you get to do this and that. Now, I was harder on him and still him to uh, a pretty good degree than anybody else because I didn't want to subject him to that daddy card. Even though they still play it, I always say, hey, you tell him to come to the academy or, you know, you tell him to come to baseball practice and you see or hockey practice and you'll see how daddy is to his son. And to be honest, uh, those coaches out there that are listening, I was probably a little bit now nah, well let's be honest here, I was way over the top with it, and I felt like I was doing that more to prove to others that I wasn't rough on him than my initial goal of just being harder on him to help him become his very, very best. In the midst of that, I was trying to, I I don't know, maybe it was my own insecurities, prove that, uh, you know, yep, that's my son, and I'm going to show you how hard I am on him. My goal, my mindset was just to help him become his very, very best so I wouldn't subject him to other kids on the team or other people at the studio not liking him because he got away with everything because of who his dad was, I didn't want that at all, ever. And my dad, my background, my dad was never involved in anything, which, you know what, that that was fine. He was doing everything he could just to uh, make money for me to be in sports and everything he could just to have a house and food for us to live in. And so he was never involved in that stuff. Anytime I would get the short end of the stick, which happened quite a bit because my dad wasn't buddies with everybody else, he just said figure it out on your own, work harder. Work harder. That's what I've always done, and that kind of ingrained everything that I am today about never giving up, battling through, and like I mentioned, life's going to knock you down. It's going to beat you down. Well, if you stay there, if you choose to stay there, then life's going to run you over, so get your tail back up, and that's why I'm so inspired to do what I'm doing here. Anyway, back to Austin there like i mentioned 16 years old and i'm so so very proud of him and everything he's accomplished and he's made his fair 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 listen to me fair share of mistakes but what 16 year old hasn't i mean it's nothing severe but you know going through the change and i tell you uh teenagers out there listening and i know we've got a pretty good base of teenagers listening now which is awesome and uh, really inspires me to continue like i said doing even more to connect with that audience as well you've got so many pressures same pressures i had when i was a teenager times 10 with social media and all the other engagements out there. The cell phone, and I know, uh, believe it or not, we didn't have cell phones when I was a kid. Wow, shock, how did we live? I don't even know, but we made it. But the cell phone, with that, becomes the extra pressures of text and Snapchat and Instagram and Twitter and all the other feeds out there that make it tough. And here's here's a good example of this. You know, back when I was a kid, teenager, broke up with a girl, It's gone. It's over. You know, if it happened on a Friday by Monday, everybody forgot about it. No big deal. You moved on. Today, unfortunately, by the time you get home on that Friday, you're blown up with, I don't know, 20, 30, 40, 50 texts and Snapchats, and it's all over social media. You're the worst person in the world. That's just not right, but that's, that's unfortunately the society we live in right now, and people are so quick to judge by what other people say. And unfortunately, most of the time, the good doesn't get as much recognition as the bad. Take this, for example. I know I'm bouncing all over the place here, but kind of getting, proving a point. If you eat at a restaurant and the restaurant is good, yeah, you may tell somebody. They'll say, hey, did you try out that new restaurant? Yeah, it was it was, it was okay. It was good. That's it. However, if you got terrible service, you ordered a steak and it was uh, burnt to a crisp and then there was a hair in your potato, uh, there was... Stuff spilt all over the floor. Nobody picked it up. The waitress, waiter had an attitude. It was dirty. Well, guess what you're going to do? You're going to blast that restaurant. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. Don't you ever eat at that restaurant. That was the most horrible restaurant in the world. It was terrible. You complain to the manager. You can't wait to tell your story to the next 10 people you see. You know, this happens on a Friday. On Wednesday, you're still talking about it because it was so horrible. Well, that uh, why? People thrive on that for whatever reason. So, Flip-flop that. I mean, a complete flip-flop. You had the best service ever. You had the absolute best steak you've ever had in your life. Clean, the waiter, waitress, they were there when they needed to be, but not when they shouldn't be, right there filling up your drinks. Tato was just perfect. Man, it was just a great atmosphere. Here's the deal. Yeah, you may tell one or two people about it, but you're definitely not going to be telling people a week later. Why do we think that way? I don't know. I don't know. Actually, you know what? I do know. And I do know simply because of what I started the whole podcast off, talking about the conscious and the subconscious mind. And that is, if you focus on the negativity, you get hits on the negativity, and you know when you tell a negative story about something else, more people tune into that, well, that's what you're going to keep focusing on. And guess what the mind's going to do for you? It's going to reward you with more negative things to talk about. If you continue to talk about positive things, and it's a change, especially if these preconditioned thoughts have been in your head for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. It's not like you can just flip a switch and change. Think of the subconscious mind and even the unconscious mind, which is a whole another level. As your um, in your computer, it's your the subconscious mind is kind of your RAM, if you will. It's your quick access. So if you got this file open and you're not using it all the time, sort of like driving your car, you don't have to think about that anymore. If you've been driving for a while, you just get in and do it. That's part of your subconscious mind. You could you probably drive in the car, and most of us. Hopefully you don't text when you're driving, and play with the radio, and talk on the phone, and you know smack your kids in the backseat or whatever else you're doing. But you can multitask 15 different things at once, and that's your subconscious mind working. Now, when you first learned to drive, your conscious mind had to remember put the seatbelt on, uh, start the car. Um, um, what's next here? Put it in reverse or drive? Okay, I got to check my mirrors. I got to pull out uh, on the gas, not too much, and then a step on a brake. So you got all these things. You have to consciously think about every active step along the way, and that's kind of training the conscious mind of how to do something, which relays the information back to the subconscious mind. It's kind of your RAM, if you will. But nowadays, if you've been driving for a while, it's instantaneous. You just know what to do. But anyway, these things are all deep-rooted within you, almost like a storage file on a computer. So when you were a kid, if you were surrounded with negativity, that is your foundation, that's your filing cabinet, and that baby is there, and it's there that comes out because that's your conditioning. However, if you had, you know, more positive upbringing, you're going to be a little easier moving forward because that's what you've kind of conditioned yourself. Now, it's never too late for anybody, and I'm telling you that because I'm going to lead in kind of uh, with a little story of how the business got started here, uh, but as I mentioned, it's, it, it's never too late. Five years ago, turning point. I started inputting nothing but positive. Now, do I still have negative thoughts? Yeah, I'm a human being. I still got negative thoughts, negative emotions, and here's what I find. And I'm, I'm telling you this to help you out as well. Scrolling through Facebook, you start liking all the, the stuff that makes you happy. Your Facebook is almost like your subconscious mind. It's going to start bringing up more things that are positive and happy for you to like. However, you like one negative thing. And I don't say you like negative things, but you know political garbage or this happened or something horrific happened. You start reading it and you, 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 you Open it up, so now you're reading it even more. Well, guess what? You're going to get more of that stuff. And then your mind is going to actively look for more of that stuff because your conscious mind is going to tell your subconscious, hey, out of those 40 billion thoughts coming in, man, I want I, that's what I want to focus on. And that's a beautiful thing. I've talked about the reticular activating system, which is like a filter that's going to filter out different things that works between your subconscious and your conscious mind. Now, I know I'm getting all technical and uh, uh, brainy on you here, but this stuff's exciting to me because I'm telling you, this was the turning point, learning how this stuff works. What you focus on, I keep saying it, magnifies. So do your absolute very, very best to focus on positivity. One last touch on this. and You've heard this example before, especially those that have listened to the podcast before. A little shout-out to you. Thank you very much. I truly appreciate that. If you uh, talking about buying a new car, and I, I bought a uh, uh, Chevy Avalanche not too terribly long ago, which, by the way, I really like it a lot. It's awesome. Well, guess what? That's what's something I'm focusing on on my conscious mind. So my conscious tells my subconscious, hey, anything that looks like a Chevy Avalanche and a black is what I wanted, black one, you're going to start seeing these things everywhere because it's going to start bringing things into focus. And another story, I talked about how we got our podcast going. How we got the podcast going was... You know, I was determined to start filming these one- to two-minute little video blogs. I started filming those things, and to be honest, the first, <laughs> oh, my gosh, I don't know, four or five months, I'm only getting one or two likes, one or two shares, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, come on. So I would beat myself up. Well, flip the switch a little bit, and that confidence, it's a weird, wacky thing. It's like the law of attraction. So i would throwing that out there, and you could tell in my voice, you could tell in my presentation, even though I couldn't before, when I look back on them, I can definitely tell. Well, started getting more shares, more likes. And somebody said, well, you're going to do a podcast. I didn't know, truthfully, what the heck a podcast was at that time. So kept doing my blogs. More people kept saying it. So I started doing research. Conscious mind told the subconscious mind, start bringing as much into light as you can. Next thing I know, talking to Jimmy Cromer, a guy that I haven't seen for years, he works here at Lineup Media, brought me in, we talked about it, and here's the deal. We talked about it, and we never took, I, well, I never took the next step. I just kind of let it lay. A year later, almost to date, I run into Jim again, and he says, hey, you, you you want to get started with that podcast? I'm like, well, yeah, I didn't know if you guys wanted to do this. I was kind of here and there. But boom, I didn't take action when I needed to take action. But I still kept doing the video bugs, still kept kind of keeping everything on the front burner, and it led to that. Now I've got a podcast, and I tell you, I'm pretty stoked about it. And now that you're listening, that makes me feel even better. Okay, so about 20 minutes of bouncing around, but that's what we do here in the ring. And uh, I'd like to think this is a ring. Actually, it's kind of a padded room. Think about that, a padded sound room. It's just me and producer John. I think John's falling asleep. over. No, he just gave me a nod. There. Oh, yeah, rock and roll. John's over here banging. You should see his 80s hair moving. Actually, John's bald. <laughs> but he's got a heck of a beard, and it's cool too. All right, well, anyway, moving forward, I talked about a kind of um, – I'm not even sure where I was going with that story. John, I looked over to see if he was asleep, and now he's over there. He's chimed, and he's been on the podcast before. Oh, not, not, I can't repeat what he's doing there. He's, all, he's, he's jump, jumping around. Hey, good kick, John. Nice. Good work, buddy. So the kick in life is getting John kicking life too. Good stuff. Easy, got your headphones on. All right, you guys inspired now? John got involved, so everybody's got to be inspired. Okay, so um, all kinds of stuff. The health fair making me feel good about doing what I'm doing. And here's the thing. Everybody's got the gift. Everybody's got the talent. Everybody's got the power to simply be nice, be respectful. And I tell you, it comes back tenfold. So I know I started off talking about how I was inspired five years ago. It's kind of the turning point of my life here and about surrounding myself with positive, motivated people, thinking differently, reading different things. But here's the gift, man. You do what you can to continue helping out others, and it will come back to you. And it's kind of that endless cycle. You respect somebody else by doing something nice for them. Not only do they feel good, you feel good. When you feel good, you want to get feeling good again, so you do something nicer for somebody else. It comes right back to you, and you see where that cycle goes. However, on the other side, nobody, nobody, and, and you, you may think I'm wrong here because oftentimes I would think if somebody said this to me, I would, they, they're out of their mind. But here, here's the point. Nobody feels good about being mean, rude, and destructive to somebody else. You just don't. It makes you feel ugh inside. Now, that was the point I was saying is, if somebody would have told me that a few years ago, like, well, yeah, you don't know this guy. I'm telling you, you have no idea. He thrives on just being a jack wagon. He thrives on bringing everybody down. He thrives on that. Now, maybe they've done it for so long that it's a conditioned response. And I will say they don't know any better. You're in control of your choices. That's their subconscious and conscious mind working together. They don't know any better. Now, I'm not saying feel sorry for their bad behavior, but I am saying don't you allow their negative behavior to influence you. And sure as heck, if you don't like the way they treat people, don't don't follow in their footsteps. Don't do the same thing. Do something different. And that gets back to you can learn something from anybody. Now, it's always more inspiring to learn stuff from people that are motivated inspired and achieving success because then you can just kind of follow in their footsteps, Somebody is the complete opposite of what you want to be. Just remember that. Don't follow in their footsteps, but learn from their mistakes. Learn from what they've done and move on and be your very, very best. All right, before we go any further, i got a, a quote, and uh, it's, it's a good one. It kind of ties in a little bit with last week's podcast on time, and this quote is by Napoleon Hill again, which I really like Napoleon Hill stuff. He's a couple books out that I've read, and then I've got my Start My Day with a uh, Napoleon Hill Foundation Uh, quote that comes in my inbox. And this was one that came in the other day and I thought it was perfect for us today. It is, whoop, there it goes. The individual who has time only for gossip and slander is too busy for success. The individual who only has time for gossip and slander is too busy for success. And think about that. How are you spending your time? And I know that was a theme of the whole uh, podcast that we did last week. If you haven't heard that one, I'm telling you what, um, I I really believe these podcasts are getting better and better and better, which is awesome. That's why I continue to work harder at this. But listen to one on time. I actually listened to it a couple times. I, me being me, after I'm done, as soon as they air, I'm one of the first ones to download it and listen just to see what I could improve on, what areas I want to do better, what areas that really rocked it out and try and repeat those. Um, and then, you know, what we can do, like we just changed the intro up. Why? I thought we could be a little more inspiring. And I had some feedback from, uh, from a few people. A couple of my instructors at the academy and their parents had mentioned they liked the previous intro better than the one we were using. So I said, well, you know what, why don't we do a little intermix and do something different but combined a little bit of each. And that's what we did. So. Okay, here we go. So, um, how are you spending your time? And think about this. Each of us, we only have a finite amount of time. We only have a little, uh, infinite amount, of, uh, not infinite, a finite amount of time to do what we were born to do. And what were we born to do? I don't know. I bet you do know if you kind of search yourself. What do you do better than anybody else? What gift do you have that people tell you, man, you should be doing this? And for years upon years, people would always tell me, boy, you. You got a pretty good voice. You do radio, and I went to the broadcast school for a while back when I was 19, 20 years old. It just didn't work out as well as I had hoped for it to, and I kind of oh, took another job. Took another job. I worked a lot of jobs. I can share a few of those with you. But always coming back to, I always enjoyed talking. When I was in, you know, elementary school, all the way through, every one of my report cards said, "Richie talks too much." <laughs> Richie talks too much, and uh, even my parents, Richie, will you uh, you're always talking, always talking. Well, that's who I am. That's what I do. But for the longest time, I felt bad about that. I almost felt, and of course, society will push you down and, you know, all the negatives. Well, why don't you ever listen to anybody? Why don't you ever do this and that? And I'm, I wasn't rebellious and a rebel. I was pretty excitable and uh, would always take any challenge and any dare that anybody threw at me. And I think I was just to uh, prove to myself, I don't know, overcome a little bit of self confidence issues and a few other things. But always talking, always talking, always talking. But here's the thing most of the time, We kind of feel we know what our gift is, but we allow society to dictate who we are. We don't flourish. We don't, as we talked about in a podcast not too long ago, soar with the eagles because we surround ourselves with a chicken. So we stay on the ground with the chickens and we never become who we were born to be. Most of it's fear. Most of it's the influence we allow into our mind. If we allow enough people to tell us something about ourselves, even though we know it's not true, before you know it, you believe it to be true. Stay who you are. And our, my book that's coming out, and be honest, 100%, I'm a little behind, a little behind schedule, but we're going to kick it in gear here and get things going. Square Peg Round Hole, Why Try to Fit In When You're Born to Stand Out. That's the title. Did you hear it? Square Peg Round Hole. Anyway, and it's all about that. Society wants us to cram ourselves into that proverbial round hole with everybody else. Heck yeah, it's uncomfortable. Heck yeah, we're different than everybody else. But it's just easier, it's safer to be in there with everybody else, as opposed to Being that square peg, standing out. And once again, when I say stand out, I'm not talking you're out there being disrespectful and rude and just going out of your way to be different. I'm talking about being the person you were born to be, living the life you were born to live, and not allowing outside influences and and the naysayers and all the negative crowd, everybody that's stuck in that proverbial round hole, to tell you who you are. Be who you are. Believe in yourself, and that's kind of the whole essence of this podcast, and everything circles back around to that. Like today's question, as I mentioned at the health fair, was what is confidence? And I know there's a ton of adults out there that may not be able to answer that question. You know what? 10, 15 years ago, I'm not sure if I could have answered that question, but now I so hardly believe confidence is real simple. It's believing in yourself and respecting yourself enough to respect others. Now, respecting others does not mean you have to respect their opinions, or their advice, or their suggestions, especially if it goes back to disrespecting you. Respect yourself first, and then, well, respect yourself first enough to know what is right, what is good for you, and what is not. So, back to what we were talking about, the infinite amount of time. How do you spend your time? If you spend your time gossiping, slandering others, putting others down to make yourself feel better, well, yeah, I guess in some sick, twisted way, you may raise yourself up a little bit, but you're never going to feel as good as you, as you could feel. And if you hang around with people that continuously gossip, slander, talk bad about others, put others down in order to lift themselves up, well, here's the old rule on that. If someone talks bad uh, to you about somebody else, so someone talks bad to you about somebody else, well, guess what? When you're not around, guess who they're talking about? You. It's, it's, it's just programmed. That's what they're going to do. Those type of people that waste time on the slander, on the uh, insults and everything else, thats unfortunately, they've conditioned themselves to do that. Now, is it an easy habit to get out of? Is it an easy habit to break? No, it's not. That's why I'm telling you, don't get started with it. But chances are, if you listen to this podcast, you've got a few years of experience. You've lived on this planet long enough. You know how things work, but it's never too late. But it is going to take a little bit to clear out that foundation of negativity if that's all that's been... Uh, uh, Put into your mind there, and that's all your conscious mind knows to tell the subconscious mind to look for. How can you start doing a better job? Listen to this podcast. The positive motivation about believing in yourself, surrounding yourself with better people, reading books, reading success books. You know, success leaves clues. Following up on people that you admire, you respect, you want to be like, read their books. Okay? That That's uh, something I read the other day. It was a beautiful post I posted on my Facebook page, and it simply said, um, there's enough, oh, goodness gracious, now you got me on the spot here. I forgot what it said. Oh, how do you learn to live like uh, another successful person? You read their books. That is like Hansel and Gretel laying down the, the breadcrumbs to know how to get back. Of course, you know, we know what happened there with the breadcrumbs, but the books are there. They're there for you to read. Read those things. Now, I know I get this all the time. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. Well, there's 168 hours in a week. If you sat down and broke that down, 168 hours in a week, and how many hours you spend watching television, Facebook, social media, all those things, and I tell you what, it's addicting. It truly is. It'll suck you in and keep you in there, and time slips on by. And what you're missing when you do that, because you only have a, you know, a finite amount of time. It's not limitless. That's all you've got, 24 hours a day, 168 in a week, and of course the years keep ticking on by. So are you spending that time? With your kids, spending that time self-educating, spending that time becoming a better person, or you're wasting that time, which you'll never, ever, ever get back. Now, if you want to hear more about the time, seriously, listen to the last podcast. That's The whole podcast was so circled and circled. Listen, I'm tongue-tied here today. Goodness gracious. I guess because I've been talking to like 200 and something little kids earlier there, inspiring and motivating them. They had a ton of fun. I enjoy this. As a matter of fact, when the podcast's over, I'm headed back there to wrap things up, and that'll be a, a good time. Anyway, the whole podcast last time circled around the time essence and how time is such a limited, limited commodity. And unfortunately, and I'm plenty guilty of this, I wasted so much time before. And hopefully I can teach you something so you don't waste that time. Because once it's gone, it's gone. All right. So I promised at the very beginning to talk about a little bit about how the business got started. And the business got started in 1997, 20 years ago. Holy cow. Now, I'd uh, been in, well, when I found out I wasn't going to be a pro hockey player. Yes, that killed me, and yes, I did cry a lot. It was, it was pretty painful, um, and being a pro hockey player, here's the thing. you got a very small, well, any professional athlete, limited window of opportunity, But especially in hockey there. By 19 or 20, if you haven't been picked up and nobody knows who the heck you are, it's probably not going to happen. Well, I still continued playing, realizing I wasn't going to turn pro. I'd always kind of been in martial arts. Well, I got back into martial arts. I went back to school. Now, here, here's my schooling career, just to give you a quick background. I went to college right out of high school, which was definitely a mistake. I just uh, – I wasn't mature enough, nor did I really care. I know that sounds horrible. I'm just being honest. And my parents were paying for me, didn't do very well, and they pretty much said, look, I'm, we're not paying if you're not even going to study. Oh, that's okay. I was working at a job. I was working at um, – what was I working? Ponderosa. It's an old steakhouse and 19 years old. And I'm still living at home because when I had you know, worked on the farm there, so still had chores and stuff to do. So uh, my parents pretty much I worked for room and board and food and stuff like that. I mean, they were good, but they were trying to teach me how to live. Um, and why would I want to move out? And I've got everything here for free. No big deal. Just got to do the chores I've always done my whole life. Anyway, I worked at Ponderosa, 19 years old, and I was making, who knows, I don't know, maybe $18,000 a year. Ooh, man. I had it all figured out. I don't need no stinking college. I don't need this. I got it all figured out. I'm 19 years old. I got to do a few chores at home. I'm living there. Parents, you know, they're good with me doing, I don't say whatever. It's not like I had drug parties and alcohol parties and this that. They were very against that just to lay that down. Yeah, I had a couple of high school parties and holy cow, I think I was was out of it for like three three months after that because my dad uh, he's not one to, to rationalize things. He handles things in the way that he used to handle things. But anyway, we're moving on. So I'm 19 years old, making 18000 $19,000 a year. I got it all figured out. I don't need college. I don't need this. Well, as time ticks away, you know, working harder, working harder, working harder, which all I knew how to do was work hard. I didn't have a whole lot of brains. All I knew was hard work, hard work, hard work. Well, the clock keeps ticking. The clock keeps ticking. And now I'm 23 years old, making maybe $20,000 a year. Well, this isn't, I got to do better than this. So I started talking about possibly ownership in the restaurant, started talking about this. And I began to realize, my gosh, restaurant workers, and that's why anytime I go to a restaurant, we get great service, even good service. Unless you've worked in a restaurant, I'm telling you, you really have no idea how difficult that job is. It's the most underappreciated, underpaid job on the planet. Well, I thought that until I became a teacher, and then realized <laughs> that's pretty darn tough too. Now I love teaching; I really did, but I was just a PE teacher, so I just blew a whistle and got to play with the kids and have a ton of fun. But being a teacher is pretty doggone tough too, because not only do you have an overflow of class or kids in the classroom, but all the parents beat up on you as well. As long as administration, la da da da. That's a whole other podcast. So I have to write that down in my notes to talk about teaching as far as a tough, rough job. Now it's fun and rewarding, but it's tough. Anyway, back to the restaurant thing. Twenty-three years old. And just, I know I can do more. What do I want to do? I don't know, but I know I can do more. I can know I can do more. So I'm not going to go through every progression of jobs, but left the restaurant and then uh, actually had a job for like a week through, um, oh, what the heck was it? Like a stock boy at uh, uh, Prairie Farms is a milk company. And then they cut the position. So I was out there. And then I picked up a job as a construction worker for two about two years. Now it's construction, and it was uh, drain tile. So I'd go around, jackhammering up floors, uh, putting in drain tile sub pump systems, so people's you know basements wouldn't flood. Now here's the thing: that was an extremely difficult job. Didn't have to you have any brains at all to do it. Just jackhammer, shovel rock, carry buckets, spread concrete, and make sure water flows downhill. That was about it. And I'm not insulting people that do that, saying they don't have any brains. But there really wasn't a whole lot of thought to it once you figured it out. Bang, you just did it. Now I loved it because it was one heck of a great workout. But once again, the clock te- kept ticking, and I'm thinking to this: Is this what I really want to do? Is this what I really want to do? And I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do. What all kept I, this whole time? I'm doing martial arts. And I always thought it would be cool to have a martial arts academy. Matter of fact, I had said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have one of those one of these days. I'm going to do that. But I didn't know anything about, well, I guess I always had a New Year's resolution, which basically would be on New Year's Day. I'd write down like 50 items that I'd like, and then they would be lost for the rest of the year. So at least I was taking that first step of writing things down, which is key, but I never knew to follow back up on it. Now, yes, there were books out there when I was in my 20s that I could have read. Uh, There wasn't the internet and all those other good things that we have nowadays, but there were books. I could have very easily picked up a book. I could have very easily, you know, decided to get my tail back in college and learn something, but I didn't want to. I just flat out didn't want to because I didn't think there was a need for it. Fast forward just a little bit, moving on some different jobs. Um, Worked at uh, uh, Quick Trip, which was, it's kind of a, what is Quick Trip? Well, it's like a convenience gas store. And then I moved on to a coffee salesman. Well, that's when it kind of switched. like, you know what? All I'm going to do my whole life is just keep bouncing around. I want to do this thing. I want to have a martial arts studio. I want to be successful. I want to do more. Edwardsville High School opened up 1997. And I'm like, I would love to work there. What do I need to do in order to make that happen? Well, I need to go back to school, number one. I've got to have my degree they're not just going to hire you because you think you know what's going on now in the midst of that not only teaching martial arts self-defense classes i also picked up and started teaching aerobic classes aerobic and then i was a personal trainer so i had all those things kind of in the mix there doing all those things in the background and all that did was fuel the fire that i want my own place now i want to have something i want to have my own business well 1997 doing the Manhattan coffee. Well, that was the coffee company I worked for. That was coffee salesman. That I, I, I was pretty good at, at it. I had a good relationship with all our customers and won several awards for coffee salesman of the month and year and all these other things. And that's just due to the power of hard work and always striving to be better. It's kind of always been ingrained. Well, anyway, about two in the morning, flumming through this book that my grandma gave me, and it was uh, it's called God's Little Helper. And what it was was it's motivational quotes followed by a Bible passage. So I read the one that is just with me to this very, very day. Now, I've changed the words just a little bit to kind of claim it as my own, but uh, here, here's the quote. A man can never explore new oceans if he's afraid to leave the shore. I read that, and it's like 2 in the morning, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's it. How in the world am I ever going to be who I want to be if I'm afraid to leave the gosh darn shore, if I'm stuck here out of fear? So what do I do? My wife of a whole six months, I wake her up. I said, "Does I'm going to go in and quit my job tomorrow. She's like, you're going to do what? Yeah, yeah I'm going to go type up my resignation. Well, I get up, and she goes back to sleep, and I go on a word processor and a word processor. Those that don't know what a word processor is, it's a step up from a typewriter, okay? So it means you can correct your errors without whiteout. Anyway, type it up on a word processor, save it on a floppy disk. There you go. Print the thing out. Why'd I have a word processor? Because I couldn't afford a computer. That's why. <laughs> and in 97, it's not like everybody had a computer, um, but... We did have a word processor, which I think we made payments on just to pay for the doggone thing. But anyway, that's beside the point. Type up my resignation, and it took me well, right about two hours to type it up because I wanted it to be right. I wanted to list all my uh, accolades and everything else I did for the company, and I wanted to do uh, everything I could here to make it the right resignation. And um, so, about four, wake my wife up and say, "Hey, you know, to look this over?" She goes look what over? That's my resignation. I'm quitting my job. I told you that. And she said, oh my gosh, I thought that was a dream. I said, no, I'm really going to do this thing. She said, well, What are we going to do? We've been married six months. I just got out of nursing school. I said, that's all right. We're going to start this business. We've been talking about it. I'm going to take it to the moon, baby. We're going to do this thing. Well, luckily I've got a very supportive wife and has been extremely supportive through all the heartaches and the hardships and everything else you can imagine. I put this poor woman through. So I go in. Turn in my resignation. Two hours later, I'm back home. And I guess she had forgot because I get back home and she says, what what are you doing? What are you doing here? I said, well, honey, I I quit my job. I told you I was going to do that. And she goes, oh, my gosh, I thought that was a dream. Are you kidding me? So we were done. So there I go. Uh, We're going to make this work. I print up my business cards. And by printing up business cards, by making them, through I don't even know what program I think I laid it out on paper actually that's what I did because I didn't have a computer and took it to a print shop and they made up these business cards I even paid for rush delivery so I could have those things now that I've got my business card I've started Grogan's it was Grogan's martial arts and fitness back then and there of course I knew nothing about business license about all the other things you need in order to have a business I thought you got a business card well then business is going to attract itself and everything will fall into place because I had that work ethic. I was just going to work hard and it's all going to work out. While doing that, I also went back to school because I realized, you know what, this business may take a little while. I know it's going to take off and all this and that, but I need to have my degree. At least I can have the teaching job during the day to have that foundation set. So I'm school, doing the business, working the normal, What I've seems like I worked my whole life, 100 hours a week. I've gotten better though. That's why I'm telling you this about reading and delegating things. And uh, we'll talk about that on another podcast as well. Go back to school, finish up, get my degree, graduate in 2001 uh, from a degree with, uh, from SIU, Southern Illinois University in Edwardsville here, which is awesome, by the way. Got my degree in kinesiology education, which is the study of human movement and the education side so I could be the PE teacher I was wanting. Got a job in the district, which was rock star awesome. The business is still, you know, doing its best in the background. Uh, in the process of all this, I filmed our first exercise video. Our first exercise video is called Kick to Get Fit. Now, here's the thing. The first, when I was teaching the aerobic classes, which I did for I don't know how many years, I came up with the word Karobics, Karate Aerobics. And I'm like, oh, this is it. This is so cool. Karate Aerobics, aerobics!" So I'm blasting that all over the place. And when I say blasting, what I did was I went to Walmart and bought <laughs> a $1 Board like a, um like a board you buy for the kiddos there. What do you call it? Like a graph board, and it's which like a giant sheet of paper, but it's it's kind of hard card stock. Anyway, I wrote on there, aerobics, uh, and put it in this window. This kind of gym I was working for one or two days a week. I worked for probably. S- five, six different gyms at any one given time. Anybody that would have me, just please, I, I'm going to teach this karate aerobics stuff. I've been doing karate all these years, and now I added the aerobic theme to it. And then, you know, being an athlete, I've got the fitness component, and then also the stretching, the flexibility, but also the mindset of an athlete. Bang, 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 bang. All those things in there. So I'm like, well, we're going to take this thing the next step. I'm going to film a video. We're really going to do this. Well, in order to film a video, i got to make sure that that aerobics word, nobody has it, because it doesn't matter. I'm going to film this video, and it's going worldwide, baby everybody's going to know who I am and I'm going to get this video and I'm going to be an overnight success. Okay, those are the dreams. Those are the ambitions. Well, I go to find out, and once again, I couldn't go on the computer because back in 97, 98, that wasn't, I just didn't have a computer. So I go over to St. Louis and go to the library or the, uh, what is it, the trademark and patent office and find out somebody in Arizona has Corobix. So Corobix is gone. I'm not going to have that. So now what the heck am I going to do? All these big visions, plans. Well, once again, it's about life knocking you down wasn't easy. It was a roadblock. I went down, just grabbed a piece of paper, one piece of paper turned into another, turned into another, turned into another, just writing, 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 you know, the power of brainstorming. And I came up with kick to get fit. You know, kick, martial arts side of it, but also kick, like the kick and Life Guru show here, right? <laughs> kick and Life podcast, giving you a kick to get fit, to be your best, to live your best possible life. Now, I didn't realize the best possible life back there. That just kind of started you know, recently here, but The kick to do better. The kick to do more. The kick to get fit. Well, there it is. I've got that. Didn't hardly have any money. My wife was a nurse, so she was my sugar mama. She's bringing all the money in. And now, suddenly, the aerobic class has been going. The business, Grogan's Martial Arts and Fitness has been going. I'm just about to finish up a college. I'm going to film this video. And we filmed Kick to Get Fit Volume 1 on January 9th, 1999. So think about those dates for a second. 1999 why I thought man that's going to be the coolest thing ever 199 I'm going to remember that forever and I, and I do what I would like to remember is that video took off the way I was hoping it would well unfortunately there's so much more to business that I'd ever imagined and those entrepreneurs out there the new entrepreneurs who are just starting off those who want to be a business owner I'm telling you from from experience here it's been 20 years and we finally got the ship in moving the right direction, which is awesome. But I don't want you to have to battle through the struggles, the bankruptcies, the house foreclosures, the car repossessions, and everything else we've been through in order to make it right. There's books, there's research, there's articles. And nowadays on the Internet, just do a Google search. Somebody who you want to emulate, you want to be like, search them out. Read about what they went through. And I will tell you this. I don't think that, well, from what I read, there's never been one successful person unless they inherited you know, a ton of wealth and they didn't do anything with it, but their father and grandfather, whoever else had to work for that, who experienced success right off the bat. They had to build that foundation through failure in order to, to achieve success. Think about an iceberg, if you will. An iceberg, all you see is what pokes out the top. You don't see that foundation of years and years and years and years that it took just for that little thing to poke out of the top, and I've shared the story with you before. When you know people come to the academy an hour, I get uh, uh, phone calls or emails about you know. And I'm flattered that anybody wants to take time out of their day to interview me and ask me questions on this and that. It's kind of still surreal for me, but it makes me feel good. But almost every one of them will say, "Oh man, it just happened overnight. You just went nothing to to here." Well, I always thought I was somebody. I never thought I was nobody, but. It didn't happen overnight. It never happens that way. But that's what people perceive. That's what people believe because it's right there. That's all they see. They don't see that foundation that you built over all these years. So anyway, first video gets out there, and uh, we're getting close on our timeline here. So I want to tell you, in the midst of planning this video, uh, almost two years of planning, writing out. And of course, I'd never wrote a script for a video. All I did was take uh, the what I thought were the key components, the best movements from all the aerobics class I've been teaching, the best movements from kind of the combined martial arts, but yet fitness aspects, and we're going to throw that into a video. And then I pick out the people that are going to be in the video and get everything ready. We're going to film this thing. In September of that year, of 19, uh, uh, 1998, September, this thing called Taibo comes out. Tybo Billy Blanks, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this this guy's gonna and of course he's got infomercials, boom, 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 boom. That's kind of when the infomercial really really took off. Was uh, uh, I mean it was there before Tybo, but Tybo really brought it out. It was like the number one best selling, probably still is, um, exercise aerobic video back then, you know VHS and then of course DVD. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this guy's gonna steal my thunder. Well of course. He nor anybody else knew who the heck Rich Grogan and uh, Kick to Get Fit was all about. But yet I was determined. I was going to do this thing. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to ride the wave in. He's going to stir up all this media attention. I'm just going to jump on. No, I don't like being on the bandwagon, but if that's my shot, that's the only thing I've got, I'm going to do this thing. Well, once again, my lack of knowledge, lack of experience, and now that I look back on it, it was my own fault. Even though I did the very best I could to reach out. There was always books there that I could have accessed. And the reason I keep bringing that point up is because I want you to be better than I am. I want you to achieve success far quicker than I ever dreamed of achieving. And I want you to be far more successful than I am. But it's a choice you have to make how you spend your time. You spend your time with garbage, your conscious mind is going to tell your subconscious mind, look for garbage. You spend your time reading books, articles, listening to positive podcasts like the and Life podcast, doing what you can to become better, your subconscious mind is going to give you more opportunities to become better. I'm sharing that with you because I wish somebody would have shared it with me. Now, I could have done it, but I didn't. I didn't I'll be honest, I didn't know how, but I'm telling you how, kind of giving you the gold key here. Anyway, back to the story, and we'll wrap it up after that. Get things out there. I get my first videos printed, get a thousand of them printed. I'm so psyched, so awesome. And I'm going to get, I found out where Tybo goes through, this distribution company out in California. Now, here's the thing. Once again, I didn't have a fax machine. I didn't have all the things because fax was a big thing back then. Email was just kind of getting going. They wanted me to fax over a contract agreement for the videos. Oh my gosh, what, what what do I do here? And I'm scraping, trying to get with some friends and trying to go with people that, you know, maybe had some idea. Nobody knew. I'm calling them and nobody wants to talk to me. So I'm doing everything I can to try and figure out how to do this. Finally get the right answers, finally get stuff faxed over to them, which I had to go and borrow my old boss at Ponderosa's fax machine to fax the stuff over to them So they say, okay, we'll ship your videos out. We'll see what we can do. We like what we hear. Uh, Let's see what it's all about. I ship them a copy. They like the first copy. So here goes the videos. I ship them all out to them. My lack of knowledge, once again, reared its ugly head. I didn't have a doggone barcode. I did not have a UPC barcode on the video covers. They ship them right back. They say, hey, we can't sell these. You need a barcode. I'm like, what the heck's a barcode? No idea. A thousand videos, which, you know, I maxed out the credit cards to pay for the doggone things, and not only did I have to pay shipping out there. I had to pay shipping back because they didn't want them anymore. So the distribution company, I'm already in the hold of them. So I scrape up a few extra bucks, get this thing called a barcode. And, of course, ton of research, once again, ton of legwork, looking through the phone book, imagine that, people, looking through the doggone phone book, trying to find out this, 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 talking to everybody I know about trying to get this uh, this barcode thing. Month goes by. All these calls, I mean, literally every day. Well, the, the month when I finally had the barcode, the turnaround, I had the new covers printed, and I shipped those babies out to them. Well, guess what? Within a month, a month and a half, Denise Austin, Kathy Smith, uh, Kathy Ireland, all everybody had their version of Tybo out. My window of opportunity, just like my hockey window of opportunity, slammed shut. So now I've got 1,000 copies with no barcode and another 1,000 copies with barcode that nobody wants. <laughs> So what do I do? Do I give up? No. I find out about these things called Working Women Survival Shows or Survival Shows. Yeah, you have. You buy a booth for $1,000. Holy cow, now I'm going to get $1,000. But I did it, went out, and we're going to sell these videos to all these women to come to this Working women's uh, Survival Show. What am I doing? I'm, hey, this video, is it better than Tybo? I said, well, I don't try to be humble. Well, he's got his thing. I've got mine, this, that. Oh, well, we got Tybo. We like that. I go to these shows, spend three days Friday, Saturday, Sunday, from literally 8 in the morning till 8 at night, and I'll sell on average 15 to 20 videos with thousands of people coming through. So there's another loss. There's another loss. They keep piling up. Well, what am I going to do? And then, here's the kicker. I'm still going to college here. Now, I'm not telling you this for sympathetic reasons. I don't want you to say, oh, my gosh, that's so sad. I feel so sorry for you. Don't feel sorry for me. Just know if you've got a dream, you got a passion, that you're going to have to work your butt off for it. But the end result... It's worth it, but it would be more worth it if you didn't have to go through all the trouble, struggles that any other successful entrepreneur has gone through. And that's, once again, kind of what I'm talking about here. You got a dream, you got a vision, you got a passion. There's somebody out there that's done it before. So, to kind of wrap things up, and we'll close this chapter on this one, I graduated, I did extremely well my first 10 years to get my two year degree at a junior college. Think about that for a second 10 years to get a two-year degree, because I was going off and on. But then I graduated from SIU in just uh, a little over two years to get my four-year degree. So that was kind of nice. But um, So working my butt off, getting that degree, did extremely well, I was really happy because it was something that interests me and I knew I had a goal and a vision. This business was gonna take off, it's gonna take a little longer now I realize that, so I go and get a job as a PE teacher. I graduate in May of 2001, and uh, limited opportunities for jobs there. Matter of fact, first two years I was in Edwardsville I was a part time job, and I taught at I don't know how many different private schools as well. But I'm still traveling around, still doing my aerobic classes, still doing the martial arts classes because the business is going now, but I don't have my own place. I'm just kind of going around to wherever, whoever will have me. Anyway, graduate in May, get my uh, job in. Uh, oh, I didn't have a job, I'm sorry. It didn't start the PE thing till like September because there were no full time positions, just got some part time jobs. Well, after graduating in May, the very next month, June 2001, filed for bankruptcy. Gone. All this, and it had only been, what, 97, 98, 99, 2001. I guess it's five years, and we had absolutely nothing. We got to keep our house, and uh, well, two years later, they foreclosed on the house. So there you go. There's another story. we will talk about that one later. But bust. And you don't think I didn't think about giving up? You don't think my wife's parents were about to, I mean, for me quitting my job, in 97, they were about to pound me. And then, <laughs> you know, they've been married six months. And now now we're filing bankruptcy. What is going on here? But you know what? I look back on it now. It was extremely painful, and I never want to go through it again. I, didn't want, I, I never want to go through it again so badly that in 2008, I went bankrupt again. There you go. How oh, you like that one? Bang. I learned my lesson, didn't I? <laughs> I like to think I'm a little better now, and the reason I'm a little better now, because my wife kind of turned the tides on me. She quit her job in 2014 to help out with the business, which was which was awesome. Um, and since then, since I've got some brains in the outfit now, so to speak, the administrative side is what she took over. And those, well, right at three years now, the business has really, really grown to magnificent levels. As a matter of fact, we just won small business of the year uh, for the Edwardsville Glen Carbon community. There's over 2,500 other small businesses in edwardsville and small businesses anything under 100 uh 100 employees so man like geeked excited about that but i'm telling you without her believing with me believing in me without her continuing to say it's okay and push forward and that's a podcast i could just talk about all the support she's given me none of this would happen you wouldn't be hearing my voice right now not that i would have ever given up but there was serious there were times when i seriously thought about it why am i doing this why am i bothering do really i mean is this worth it So keep pushing through. I ended up getting a full-time job with the Edwardsville School District, which was awesome. Absolutely loved it. What do I do? The very next year, 2002, I filmed three more videos. Kick to Get Fit Part 2, still kicking. Kick to Get Fit Junior for Kids, which, by the way, is still selling. So check that baby out. It's on DVD. I didn't convert it to Blu-ray, but I did convert it from VHS to DVD. It's selling on Amazon. And then uh, Kick to Get Fit... uh, uh child safety and self-defense was the third one so we film all three together thought i had all the answers and to be honest junior kick Fit junior for kids is still selling they only sell maybe 30 or 40 a month now but we there's probably 10 15, of those out in circulation which is pretty awesome especially what is it now 2017 so our 15 year anniversary will be in october i had to I'd be excited about that maybe we i don't come out with a new wrapping and you know 15 year anniversary or something for that but um, moving forward, that was the whole thing. Just continuing to drive, continue to have the passion, continue to have the knowledge or seek quest the knowledge to do what I could to you know be successful and believe in my dream, my goals, my vision, and everything I had want we'll to wrap it up on this last one, I maybe we'll pick this up at another podcast or, or just talk about small details later. I just want to tell you a little bit of a story. Uh, one of the books I just finished up was all about the art of storytelling and how people are more engaged in being told stories of how to achieve something as opposed to just telling them how to do it because nobody likes to be told what to do, but they would like to hear stories. So hopefully the story was engaging and entertaining for you. It's a little different for me, but uh, we're, we're, we're giving it to you here. 2005s when I opened up the first uh, academy, which was was mine, just a small 600 square foot facility that we had to put a ton of work and money and effort and everything else into just to get going. And 600 square feet is not a lot, and to make it even more, uh, I guess, compact, if you will, we had a pole <laughs> right in the middle of the floor that we ran into every night. Uh, it was it was kind of a mess. When we had, you know. I don't know, eight to ten students at the time. So, to give you a comparison what 600 square feet right now. Uh, the building we have is 5,400 square feet. So, yeah, and we've got two big mats and everything else going in that. But that's kind of how we started. And that's kind of how the passion of the kick kicking life guru or kick to get fit or a kick to believe in yourself all came around. And there's a, a background far beyond that when I was a little kid, kind of the, the telltale signs of I don't say what I was going to be when I grew up. Uh, My parents were just hoping I would grow up. I mean, up until like three years ago, they still thought Richie was playing karate and Richie talked too much and Richie didn't focus enough and Richie this and Richie that. Now I think they understand that maybe Richie's maybe has something going on here uh, and that they're pretty happy about what we've accomplished. But they also know that there's so much more and that's why this podcast is so meaningful to me because I can reach a bigger audience than I could before to share not only this story. Uh, that I've kind of went through, but also share it to, to use, uh, use listen to me, use. That reminds me of uh, you know, going from one thing to the next. What is it? My Cousin Vinny, Two Utes. Those that haven't seen My Cousin Vinny, check it out. There you go. There's your laugh for the day. Anyway, that you can uh, uh, achieve success as well, but it is going to be a struggle. But all back to the time, kind of we started this thing off, do not waste your time because it's going to come and go. And what you've done with that time is going to determine where you're going to go and how successful you are and what kind of life you're going to live. OK, so I'm looking at the clock here. Looks like we've been going for about 57 minutes, which, you know, I usually try and keep it between 45 minutes and an hour. So I think this is probably a good time to move on. But uh, as always, number one thing, life is going to knock you down. Know it is. Don't, don't look for it to happen. It's going to happen. But when it does, believe enough in yourself to get yourself back up. Refocus your energies. Focus and concentrate on positivity, on things that can help you become your very best. The conscious mind is going to tell the subconscious mind to keep looking for those positive things. And it's going to help you become your very, very best. And it's going to help you live your best kick in life. There you go. All right, folks. so until we talk again, I end every podcast this way, and I seriously mean it, I end every video blog, every speech this way. Until I see you again, until we talk again, you get out there and do your best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Please share this with other friends, and I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Bye-bye.